Hey, it's Matt Holzman. A quick note before we begin today's show. Given the political climate, we decided at the last minute to protect the identities of the undocumented activists in this story just to be on the safe side. This will give them a little extra time to prepare for the exposure when the documentary about them and their work finally comes out. Okay, here's the show. Yo, yo, yo no tengo papeles y me quiero ir a México. Me quiero ir a México. Este. No hablo yeah. español. What you're hearing is two young undocumented activists practicing how to get detained by the U.S. Border Patrol. Yeah, you heard me right. They're not practicing how to avoid getting detained. They're practicing how to get detained. Quiero ir a Mexico. You're from Mexico. Mexico. Sí, Mexico. No papeles. No papeles. Okay. Well, from KCRW, I'm Matt Holzman, and this is The Document, looking at the world through the lens of documentary film. This is Matt Oak. You know what they said, that I was schizophrenic. I continue to dog Roger all the over fatal the... fatal attack. There was no time to remove the lens cap. I'll tell you what freedom is to me. No fear. What is The Document? Well, it's a new kind of mashup between documentaries and radio. We'll go beyond clips and interviews to mine great stories from raw documentary footage. We'll go behind the scenes, we'll spend quality time with amazing characters, and maybe even resurrect movies that never got made. And we'll take a closer look at moments where there's more than meets the eye. This week on The Document, though, we'll get a preview of a documentary in progress. I call this episode The Blue Dress. The subtitle could be Getting Deported is a Little Like Getting Pregnant. It's easy unless you're actually trying. The new administration was elected on a platform that was tough on immigration. The rhetoric has been harsh, and the immigration authorities have become more aggressive. And late last month, the first dreamer was deported, even though lawyers for 23-year-old Juan Manuel Montes say that their client was covered under DACA, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Program. While what's happening right now is creating a lot of anger, you have to remember that President Obama was nicknamed the deporter-in-chief. And under his watch, pro-immigration forces kept busy fighting deportations. Some methods were more dramatic than others. And a couple of documentary filmmakers have been following one of the most daring groups of young activists. You're fine. Just Pointing at me? Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm Alex Rivera, one of the directors of The Infiltrators, one of the director's producers of The Infiltrators. Alex Rivera and Christina Ibarra are working on a documentary about activists like the ones you heard in the opening, who've been getting themselves detained by immigration authorities. Yeah, so why would an undocumented person, especially one who basically grew up in the United States, want to get detained by immigration? Well, the idea is that they're going to get into a detention center in order to get other people out. These are people who are in detention because... They were standing in front of Home Depot and picked up for loitering, or they were fishing without a license was one case, or another case, a father had double parked to pick up his son who was in a wheelchair, and the cops started talking to him and put him in detention. People who basically committed essentially no crime, minor, minor infractions, but who are being held in this essentially private prison for a year, two years, incredibly long periods of time, and then being deported. Even though the, the federal government was saying, we're focusing on felons, not families. We're deporting felons, not families. While they're in detention, the infiltrators smuggle information about questionable cases to activists outside who then try to use it to get people released. Okay, but why don't the activists themselves get deported once they're detained? 
Well, because they're dreamers. And the Obama administration said they wouldn't deport dreamers even after the legislation that gave them their name went down in the Senate a couple of times. And so the activists who are in detention hope, they hope, that they'll be released from detention when the media gets wind of what they're up to. They're skating on a sheet of ice that they believe is thick, but nobody knows. You know, they, they believe that they'll be safe, but it's not guaranteed. Back in 2010, when that ice seemed a little more substantial, Alex Rivera headed down to Florida, where a group of activists were working. When he showed up, a 25-year-old named Marco had already been detained at the Broward Transitional Center, and a young woman named Vidi was planning on joining him there. A little background about Vidi. She was brought here by her parents from Mexico when she was just nine. She grew up in North Carolina, and she thought of herself as an American kid, more or less, until she applied for college. It was very hard because I believed that if I worked hard enough, you know, and if I was smart enough and I could prove that I was, that I would just, you know, be accepted to, to college. Uh, and when I applied to NC State University and I got my acceptance letter in the mail, uh, they said, congratulations, you have been academically accepted. However, you're going to have to pay as an international student. And, and so, you know, as, as I started reading, I, I mean, my whole world came tumbling down. Vidi's dad is a day laborer, and her mom works at a fast food place. So the idea of paying $50,000 a year for college was just like... It just wasn't going to happen. At 18 years old, she was quoted as saying that she started to feel like she was walking towards her funeral instead of her future. And so she started to get politically active. But getting detained would be her most dramatic protest by far. To get ready, she was living and working in a small house with a bunch of other 20-somethings. Mohammed was the leader of the group. And you'll also hear the voices of Luis and Santiago Filmmaker Alex Rivera takes up the story from here. So basically, a few miles away from the detention center, there's what we all kind of called the safe house. And it was a small one-bedroom house painted with all these bright colors. And on the couch were about half a dozen activists that were sleeping there, working there. Um, and pretty much from sunup to sundown, it was just this hustle and bustle of phone calls coming in people from the detention center telling their stories, activists in the safe house trying to figure out, do you have some leverage? What's the angle that we could play to try to mount a campaign to get you free? Well, so the state of removal was rejected by the local office, and so what we need to do is keep the pressure on the national office to try and get them to grant it. I'm sure they probably thought it was in a skyscraper or a law office. It was a bunch of um, young, undocumented people in flip-flops in this one-bedroom house in reality. And he said it has to be a very strong public campaign, and do we have enough time for that? What do you mean? So when I showed up in Florida with my camera, they were about to send Viridiana in. And the idea of a young woman going up to the Border Patrol authorities and admitting that she was undocumented and trying to get detained seemed incredible to me. Surreal, um, scary, inspiring. You know, it was a whole cocktail of 
very powerful emotions I felt learning that this was about to happen and going there to film it. When I got there, you know, I had my ideas, my impressions. Oh, they're going to be scared. It's going to be really dramatic. Instead, what I found is mostly laughter. This is not believable. <laughs> they were just laughing the whole time. And um, this incredible kind of spirit of rebellion and, um, and sort of a kind of delight in hacking at the system. I mean, what's fascinating is they're like the embodiment of a kind of contradiction. They're very young and yet been forced to think about some of the most heavy and deep political questions this country's facing, and it's on their backs and in their lives uh, that they have to wrestle with these very contentious life-or-death political issues. But they're also young folks trying to just, you know, figure out everything at the same time that all young folks do figure out. And so there's a lot of humor, a lot of laughter, a lot of playfulness wrapped inside this kind of life-or-death political journey. Okay, guys, let's go eat. Vidi, are you ready to get detained? Well, All the petitions, um... Let's take both cars, and then we can check out your car and see where we can camera. Before getting her detained, there's a last meal. And um, so, yeah, so we go for Indian food, and Viridiana is expecting she's going to spend her birthday in detention. And so she says, if I'm going to spend my birthday in detention, I want it to be fabulous. So she wears this fancy blue dress, and, um, and we have a last meal together, myself and all the activists. And then they do a little practice routine in terms of what she's going to say. And so she's going to walk up to the same Border Patrol station where Marco got himself arrested. And so that's what we do. We drive up to this Border Patrol station in Florida. She's wearing this fabulous flowing blue dress and she walks up to the office to speak to the Border Patrol agent and the agent is completely taken aback. Something about it is is not kosher. Something about it is wrong here. And in a moment, the whole feeling flips where going in, it's going to be fabulous and we're having everyone's kind of filled with laughter. And then when she walks out of the Border Patrol station and they're saying, we want to know the truth, who dropped you off? All of a sudden, we're all kind of scared. We're in rural Florida, uh, a carload of undocumented people driving around and the Border Patrol Sort of, it feels like kind of maybe coming after us, wanting to know the truth. There's a truck driving around? Yes, there's a border patrol truck driving around. Okay, okay. I'll text you a taxi phone number for you to call. You have your wallet, no? Okay. No, you don't? No, I don't. Okay, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But just stay cool in there. Okay. Okay, bye. But right now she's basically trapped at McDonald's. She's but trapped it, at McDonald's because she said there's a border patrol truck. It did kind of flip well, around, and I think we started to wonder, is it not Vidi who's going to get detained, but all of us? If we're all detained, who gets us out? You're listening to The Document from KCRW. We'll be back in a moment.
You're listening to The Document from KCRW. I'm Matt Holzman. Filmmakers Alex Rivera and Christina Ibarra have been following a group of young undocumented activists into the belly of the beast. They get themselves detained by Border Patrol so that they can then turn around and help other people get out. Alex arrived in Florida with his cameras about the time that a young woman named Vidi was about to walk into a Border Patrol office. But the officers there just didn't buy her story that she was undocumented, which is ironic because she is undocumented. Her parents brought her here from Mexico when she was nine. So, Alex, why do you think they rejected Vidi? Do you think it was as simple as, as the blue dress? I think it was partly the dress. It might have also been partly the kind of day that particular Border Patrol agent was having. We don't know. But on a lark or as a kind of FU or as just to, to mess with the system, she put on a really nice dress and walked up to the Border Patrol, and it didn't work. After that failed attempt to get detained, Vidi sat in a fast food place while an immigration cop circled the area, apparently very interested in the Mustang full of suspicious characters who dropped her off. But after about 20 minutes, the immigration cop took off, and her compatriots came and picked her up. It's okay. No, because I'm so fucking privileged. Like, they, they just looked at me and laughed. I mean, I think it was the dress more than anything, too. They laughed? I mean, yeah, they were just like, she speaks better English than I do. Filmmaker Alex Rivera picks up the story. We kind of scattered and regrouped and sort of licked our wounds, and, and everyone said, you know, well, we're, what next? And so VD tried to get detained again uh, a few days later, two or three days later. And in the interim... She got a, a, a different outfit and an outfit in which she looked more like a day laborer or what might typically a maid might wear. Oh, this is perfect. It is. That works perfect. Tell me you're a mechanic. <laughs> and they did a series of rehearsals. Role plays. Role plays, yeah. And she, in one of the interviews, she describes it almost like preparing to, for, to be in a play in a theater where Mohammed was the kind of the director giving her cues, and then she's playing this game with Luis where he, another undocumented young person, is playing the role of the Border Patrol, and they're kind of working it out, and she's trying to decide, should I speak Spanish, should I speak English, what's the story I'm going to tell? Soy ilegal, señor. Yo no tengo papeles. Yo me quiero ir con mi familia. Is that you illegal? Illegal? Sí, sí, sí. Illegal? Sí, no papeles? No, no papeles. papeles. No papeles. A México. Quiero ir a México. You're from Mexico. Sí, Mexico. Sí, sí, México. No papeles. No papeles. Okay. And we will take you in and hopefully. How about you say that your husband was deported last year and you're here just because you want to leave? And in the course of a few minutes, she goes from being kind of stilted and there's laughter and kind of trying it this way and that way to finding it. And when she finds it, her eyes kind of well up with tears saying, I want to go home. So we drove south to the federal port, you know, right on the coast, and it's where shipping containers are brought in and out. It's a port of global trade, and there's a kind of federal checkpoint there. 
And um, they'd heard of immigrants who are going down to the port for various reasons, hitting this kind of checkpoint. Like, you probably don't think there's going to be a federal checkpoint just down by the beach, but there is. And immigrants had been driving there for X, Y, or Z reason, whatever. They're going down towards the water. They would hit this checkpoint, get caught, and put in the detention center. So we went there. And she sat in the car and in a, in a parking lot near the checkpoint and got prepared. Mohammed, the leader uh, of this action, talked to her back and forth, got her ready uh, in terms of what to do if it goes this way or that way. Hey, on the legal side of things, don't sign VD. Okay. So okay. Mohammed says don't sign VD. And uh, VD is voluntary departure, which is basically a form saying, please deport me. Uh, and ICE officers are notorious for leaning on them to sign VD, that they pressure the immigrant to sign this form, which basically waives their rights and says, deport me on the next plane or, or, or train or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, but I'm not taking my passport. No passport, nothing. I'm just turning myself in. Turning myself in. And I'm not taking my phone either. Take your phone. Take your phone. So she walked right into the security zone and found the nearest agent and started telling him her story, saying, I want to be taken away. Send me home. I have nothing here. I don't have a job. I don't have a family. I want to go back to Mexico. When VD walked up to the, the checkpoint, she had her cell phone on so that we could hear and record what happened. And um, at a certain moment, the guard who is dealing with her says, well, what's in your bag? And takes her little handbag away from her and opens it up and inside sees her cell phone and it's on. And he goes, stop, we're being recorded. And asks her, what, what, what is, what, what's going on? Who, who are you talking to? Why, why is your phone on? And she has to start making it up. And here she's imp improvising and totally off script. And so she makes up this story that a friend of hers was scared for her, was nervous. And so she wanted to let her friend know that she was going to be okay. And so, you know, she left her phone on. And so we're here in the, in the, in the car listening into all of this. And then the Border Patrol agent gets on the phone and starts talking to us. Hello? 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 Hi. Hi. How are you? Who am I speaking with? I am Santiago. Okay. Hi, Santiago. My name is Santiago, too. Oh. So, I like that name. Okay. Check this out. Okay. Do you speak Spanish or English? Which one's better for you? Um, English. I prefer English. Okay. Hi. Is your order there? My mother? Yes. Yes. Can I talk to your mother? It makes it easier for me. She says that she doesn't feel comfortable speaking on the phone. That's why she asked me to talk. So ultimately, though, they pulled it off. Um, after the call from the Border Patrol agent, somehow he believed that, yeah, she's on her cell phone to her friend. Okay, she wants to be deported. This young woman, Viridiana, we're going to take her in, fingerprint her, take her to detention, and she'll probably be deported. And so 
She is handcuffed and driven an hour up to this detention center, and um, she meets her bunkmates and starts her infiltration, where she's going to seek to learn the stories of other people who are in this detention center and help them get out. I remember when we were in the car, I called my mom <laughs> and I said, you know, this is what I'm about to do. Um, and they, you know, they were obviously uh, not, not very happy about it. Um, not that they were against my activism because they never have been against it, but because, you know, they were, they were scared for their daughter. And I remember me telling them, well, you know, the reality is that these people could be you. And, you know, if these people were you, then I would want, if not me, I would want someone else to feel compelled to, like, to, to help you, you know, get out of this. And so, you know, if you say that you're a person of faith, mom, then this is where you put that faith into action, you know, and you pray about this and you know what, I'm going to be just fine because I'm doing the right thing. Anybody who like, who witnesses this kind of injustice and doesn't do something about it is, you know, I mean, I'm doing the right thing. So, Alex, this story that we've told here is a very small part of a much bigger story. But I wonder if you think it says something very specific in particular about the current state of our immigration system. The immigration system is supposed to be this body of law. Laws are supposed to be neutral. But we see that that's not the case. And that is a reality that I think lots of undocumented folks can attest to, which is that two undocumented people are not treated the same in this country. The decisions about who gets sort of swallowed up and um, put into the detention and deportation apparatus do depend on skin color, do depend on how you're perceived in the class system. It runs on profiling. It runs on assumptions. You filmed VD in Florida during the Obama administration, during a time where they were very specific about what their policies were towards DREAMers and what their policies were supposed to be about uh, undocumented people who didn't have serious criminal records. Now, the sea has changed dramatically with the election of a new president. And I wonder if that's changing how you are finishing your film. So this new president and the new political climate is definitely impacting the film. But then also it's about a moment where folks were looking at the system and trying to find a little space to fight back. And that's something that we need to learn from now. Maybe the exact strategy won't be the same today, but the kind of process of solving this puzzle um, that's obviously something we very much need to learn from today and under any future president. Alex Rivera and Christina Ibarra are finishing their documentary, The Infiltrators, as we speak. Since they obviously couldn't film inside the detention center, they're working on dramatic recreations. And we hope to talk with them about the challenges of this hybrid form of documentary when the film comes out. 
It's worth noting that officials of the new administration have repeatedly said that they are not targeting dreamers. However, we decided to redact the last names of the activists in this story just to be on the safe side. By the way, if you're wondering if what they were doing was illegal, the answer is no. It is only against the law to lie to improve your immigration status. And that's the document. Next time in the program, the power of documentaries compels you. The power of documentaries compels you. We'll get a peek into the dark and clammy corners of a new film about real life exorcists. For more information about what you heard on today's show, or if you have questions or comments, go to kcrw.com slash the document, or send us an email at thedocument at kcrw.org. You can also get social with us at documentkcrw on Facebook or Twitter. I'm Matt Holzman, Gina Pollock, Sarah Pellegrini, Mike Schlitt, Bridget Kelly, and Ray Guarna helped produce today's show. Gary Scott is KCRW's program director. The Document is a production of KCRW. KCRW.